family, the, the fact that the presence of God is here with us, we are, we are blessed. Amen? And that's what this whole thing is about. Who wants to go to church and God's presence isn't there? Amen? And so we don't want to shut the Holy Ghost down. We don't want to shut the Holy Ghost out. Amen? We want the presence of God with us. And when we come together in corporate worship, there's something that explodes in the room. Amen? And God begins to touch people and change people right where you're standing. You can't come into the presence of the Lord without you being changed. I have a whole message today. I don't even know I'm going to get to it. You know, just standing here, I realize that we need to understand how things work. You, you can go to a lot of places where you get preached at, but you're never told how things actually work. And I know what it is to sit in meetings where you, get, you hear great messages, but how do you apply that to your life to see results? And if you don't understand how to apply it, then you might have wisdom, but you have no understanding, and it doesn't benefit your life. Right? You can have a lot of scriptures in your head, but how are those scriptures actually working to produce results in your life? You can have a form of godliness, but have no power. You can have religious things that you do that don't produce any life. And unfortunately, people get trained wrong. And that's what they know. And you have to break out of these things. Amen? I remember a lot of the stuff that, that I know I learned from the Holy Ghost. I didn't learn it in Bible school. I didn't learn it from listening to teaching online. I learned things by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost began to teach me how to do my job. Once you know the Holy Ghost can teach you how to do your job no matter what environment you're in. You can actually not go to school and have more wisdom than those that are leading you. Because the Holy Ghost will show you how to do things. That people will look at you and say, how on earth did you do that? You go talk to my wife. She will tell you. The Holy Ghost shows her how to do stuff. All you have to do is seek the Lord. If you know where you are called, where God has called you, you have authority in that area. So if you're called to be a teacher, you have authority in the realm of teaching. If you're called into business, then God will give you authority in the realm of business. And you, he'll show you how to produce wealth even in a season where we, it should be economic disaster, you will flourish and you will prosper a thousand times. And so, God is involved in every aspect of your life, and what you have to do is let Him in. He wants to be involved. It's not the anointing and the, and, and the Word of God and the presence of God and what we teach here on Sunday is not for Sunday. 
It's not so that you could do this on a platform. It's so that you can do this in your life every single day. But you've got to let God in and allow Him to lead you, guide you, and show you. God wants you to be successful in every area of your life. So as a husband, God wants you, He wants to make you the best husband you can be. As a wife, as a father, as a mother, in the work that you do, everything that you do, everywhere that you go, let Him in. And we live in a world that wants to separate God from education, God from our courthouses, God from government, God from business, like they're these two separate things. If you take God out of something, it falls apart and it's built just on man. It has selfish motives. And so God wants to be in the center of your family, in the center of your life, in the center of your business. And you've got to stop blocking that and you've got to let him in. The separation of church and state wasn't to keep the church out of government. It was to keep the government out of the church. Government has no authority in the church. Do you know that the marriage is the oldest institution? The marriage was instituted by God in the garden before government was ever formed. The government has no rights in your marriage or in your family. And you've got to kick the government out, and you've got to bring God in. I don't know why I'm on this, but I'm on it. So you might be on food stamps now, but you're not going to rely on the government to feed you. You're going to start trusting God to provide. You see, the government wants access. He wants, the government wants to pay your light bill. The government wants to, you know, help you with all your things so that they can have control in how you do things. If you don't do what they say, then they take the money away. You're not going to live like that. You're going to flourish. You're going to prosper. Might be where you are right now, but you're breaking out of it. But you need to make a decision that you are done with relying on the government, and you're going to start trusting in God. Because if you rely on the government, you will always stay poor. Do you know in Africa, there is no government support. Where I come from, there's no support. Here in America, real easy. You just run to the government. They can control your life. They can keep you bound. And I curse that whole assignment over your life, over your household, over your family. It might be an assistance in a season, but it will not be a lifestyle. And you're going to come out and you're going to be prosperous. Can I get an amen? All right, let that go. Worship. Let's talk about worship. So a couple of years ago, I was walking out of my office into the worship service, and I felt a stream. The only way I can describe it is if you hold a hose pipe, you can feel water flowing through the hose pipe, right? So I felt this stream flowing out of my heart, 
but it went over my mind, and as I began to sing the words in the worship service, I felt it coming out of my mouth. And the Lord showed me that when you worship, the words that you sing actually wash over your mind. Worship is very important. It actually cleanses your thoughts. And it refocuses you on God. So why do we sing in church? That's one of the reasons why we sing. Another reason we sing is because it brings unity in the room. And where there is unity, that's where God commands His blessing. And so, you can, you, if you're sitting in the seat and you're disconnected from worship, you're just blocking the flow of God's presence through you. And if there are more people in the room that are holding back and blocking worship from flowing out of them, what happens is it becomes an atmosphere in the room where it's just dead. And you can go to churches where the room is dead because there's no life flowing out of people. But when you have a group of people that know the Lord and are hungry for the presence of God and are right before God, and they know that they can boldly come into the presence of God, you, you unlock and you worship in spirit and truth. So it doesn't come out of your head. It's true worship coming from the heart. You see, Jesus said, there's people that give me lip service, but their hearts are far from me. You can stand here and sing the songs from your head, reading them off the screen, but there's no emotion. There's no heart connected to it. This is the same with your giving. You can give a gift just to give a gift, but you can tell the difference between somebody who gives a gift in love versus somebody who just throws something at you. Because there's motive and there's intention behind it. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the motives of your heart. So it's singing, just singing the songs, it's not about singing the songs. It's about it coming from the heart. I love you, God. I worship you. I thank you. That's, that's in there. And when that unlocks in you, and I know it's hard for, for people who are not saved or are newly saved to surrender that area. But when you let that area go, you're going to find the presence of God flow through you and touch you in ways you've never experienced before. So don't be somebody sitting on the outside looking at it like analyzing everything. You have to let go and say, okay, I'm jumping into this thing. And I'm giving you the understanding of why it's important. Another thing that happens in your worship is that if you've sinned against God and you don't cleanse that out of your heart, when you close your eyes, you are reminded of the thing you did wrong. And the blood of Jesus actually cleanses the conscience when you fulfill a, a 1 John 1 verse 9. If you confess your sins to the Lord, He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So if you've sinned against God, you're standing here, you close your eyes, and you know, ah, I spoke to my spouse the wrong way. I didn't deal with my children right. I took that from work, and I knew I shouldn't have done that, right? Your conscience tells you where you're wrong. The Holy Spirit actually works through your conscience to nudge you and say, ah, ah don't do that. And then when you violate that voice, that nudging, what you're doing is you are hardening your heart against the Spirit of God. Because the Lord's trying to protect you. And if you do that long enough, you actually sear your conscience where you, you, you're like blocked out totally. Don't override your conscience. 
You've got to have a clear conscience when you stand before the Lord. So how do I break through that? What you basically have to do is you say, Lord, forgive me. Just like if you did something at home, you broke something, and your parents came home, you hid the thing you broke. You are all self-conscious about what you did wrong. If you are sin-conscious and self-conscious, you cannot be God-conscious. Let me say that again. If you are self-conscious or sin-conscious, you cannot be God-conscious. You are conscious of one thing. You have one consciousness. You can only be conscious of one thing at a time. And it's either fixed on the Lord or it's fixed on you or on the thing you did wrong. Trying to help you. Amen. These are important things. And so when you break through that, you'll feel the life of God flowing through you again. Because you know you're right with God. You're not blocked anymore. Another thing that happens is you can come to church services, even at home, in worship. You can be so much in your head where you're conscious of everything else around you that you just, you never step into the presence of God. And so you've got to get rid of the distractions. You've got to get rid of your worries. You've got to get rid of your fears. You've got to get rid of your concerns. And you cannot enter into the presence of God when you are trying to enter. When you are with a mind trying to get in, finding in your head how to get into the presence, it's not a work of the head, it's a work of the heart. And you have to learn to shut your head off and open your spirit up. And I understand that you're like, okay, how do I do that? I'm telling you how to do that. You are a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. You are not a body. You are a spirit made in the image and the likeness of God. You have an earth suit that got knitted in your mother's womb to give you access to the planet. And you have a soul that controls your body. And either your soul is submitted, submitted, submitted. Either your soul is submitted to the Word of God, or your soul is submitted to the feelings and the desires of the flesh. And you have to learn that you are a spirit in control of your body, and you have to reprogram your mind so that you tell your body what it does according to what the Bible says, not according to what you feel like doing. And the Bible says that we live by faith and not by sight. When we're talking about sight, we're talking about senses. You cannot let your senses lead your life. You have to let the Word of God lead your life. And so your worship is very important. Another thing about worship is you cannot worship a God you don't know. It's impossible. So if you don't know that God exists, you can't worship Him. And so that's another place where people struggle. When you're first coming to God, when you're getting saved, when you're giving your life to God, you've never encountered Him. You don't know that He exists. But you can look around and you can tell there must be a God. You can't look at creation and nature and people and life in general and, and say, you know, this was just a, a big mistake that unfolded naturally. No, there's design in everything. And in order for there to be design, there has to be someone that created that. And so God does exist. The only thing is you can't reach him with your flesh. 
you can only reach him by the Spirit because he's spirit. Now, if Jesus took on physical form and walked into the room, then yes, you can see him with your natural eyes. But the kingdom of God unlocks on the inside of you when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. What he does is he opens an ancient door in your heart where you now have access to heaven. You have access to the kingdom of God. So when you close your eyes, God begins to show you things on the screen of your imagination. Let me tell you this story. It's a good story. So when I first came to America, when I first came to America, I would, I would watch TV here. And every commercial was a medical commercial. Every commercial. Out of five commercials, one wouldn't be a medical commercial. Are you having problems sleeping at night? Then maybe Shabumbly Bumbly is for you. And then they tell you all the freedom things you can have by taking this drug. And then they go into the side effects. Nausea. Bleeding from the eyes. And then they end it with, ask your doctor if blah, 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 blah is right for you. No, it's not right for me. The side effects are worse than my problem. And I couldn't believe it. I was shocked because we don't have commercials like that in Africa where I come from. We don't. But you're watching TV and you're being indoctrinated every single day that you need drugs. And then you get the slightest twitch, you know, whatever, because, you know, whatever. And then you think, well, I got shabumbly bumbly. I need to go to the doctor and find out if Shung Lamang is, is good for me. And then before you know it, you have a cabinet full of drugs. Every morning you're popping pills. And I curse pharmacaea. And I curse every plan of the enemy to get you dependent upon drugs. And I break its power and hold over you. And Father, I thank you that even while we were in worship today, that they were doing a cleansing work in the blood of people to take the desire out of them and restoring their physical bodies and breaking the deception. So, Father, that they would not have to rely on pills to sustain their lives. In the name of Jesus, I speak judgment upon it. And that tree of deception, let it be uprooted and destroyed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, that was free. So let's get to the imagination again. I, the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? With all your soul. What is your soul? Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, your short and your long-term memory, your consciousness, right? And so... It says, love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And so I asked the Lord one day, I said, Lord, why do you say soul and mind? Because I understand that the mind is part of the soul. So I called my spiritual mom up and I said to her, I said, why does it say mind here? And she said to me, that word mind is not mind, that word is imagination. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, but your imagination is the screen in your mind where you see pictures about things to come. 
who has one of those. So when you close your eyes, what do you see on the inside of you? What are you seeing? Are you seeing fear? Is fear painting pictures of what your tomorrow looks like for you and for your children? Hopelessness, despair. What is happening is the enemy is using your imagination to predict your future. And so I walked into the worship service one Sunday morning, and I was meditating on this, and I was saying, Lord, I want to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, I, want my imag- I surrender my imagination to you. And when I said that to the Lord, I surrender my imagination to you, I went into a vision. I'm standing in the back of the church. I go into a vision, and the Lord shows me a, a screen, like one of those screens up there, one of those white screens, and the screen stretched to like 10 times the size, right? And what for, first what happened was there was a zipper that unlocked. Like it was just dark, and I, I saw a zipper unlock, and I saw the screen in front of me. And the screen stretched to like 10 times its size, And I realized that was the screen of my imagination, that the Lord was expanding my capacity to see, and it was white, it was pure. But I saw the Lord take, oh my gosh, this is the craziest thing. So I saw coming towards me a cross. It was coming towards me, but this cross was on fire. And this cross came and burnt into my mind, into my imagination. And then I saw the same cross that burned into my imagination. Now, this is all in the spirit, the Lord doing something in me. The Lord took that that cross at the top and turned it upside down, and it became a flaming sword. And he took the sword, and he stuck it into my belly. It it wasn't like, I'm going to kill you. It was like a surgery, like a surgeon's sword. The Word of God is like a two-edged sword dividing between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it judges the innermost intentions and thoughts of the heart. I had an encounter with Hebrews 6.12, I believe it is. And the Lord took the sword, and He pushed it into me, and I saw it come out the back of me, and He pulled it out of me. And when He did, it had this mass on it that was being consumed by fire. And family, the only thing that I can tell you is that there is the Holy Ghost and fire. And God can do surgery on your soul to remove things from you that you don't even know exists on the inside of you. You know, when you are taken captive by the enemy, you are blind to where you're captive. You cannot overcome an enemy you can't see. You cannot overcome an enemy you don't know is there. And the enemies are in our soul. It's our thinking. It is the patterns how we operate by. And so the Lord wants to deliver you from ways of thinking to set you free. And that day the Lord set me free from some stuff that I don't even know what he took out of me. But he also cleansed my imagination. And this is very key in the Lord cleansing your imagination so that you can see Your imagination can be now used as a place for the Lord to give you visions and project things into you about His Word concerning your future. So if your your imagination has not been surrendered to the Lord, 
And you can use your imagination to, I imagine myself on the beach sitting in Hawaii. Oh, i got an amazing body, and I have a golden brown tan. Woo! Sipping pina colada. You can have vain imaginations. You can have imaginations going through your mind to escape you from reality. How is your imagination being used? Your imagination is supposed to be a place that when you close your eyes, you see the things that God has shown you by His Spirit. It's not supposed to be a place where the enemy comes and shows you things of destruction. It's not supposed to be something that you use in there to dream about things that are just vain to escape from reality. Your imagination should not be perverted. It should be clean. Your imagination is a very important part of your soul that God uses to show you things to come. And family, you have to surrender your imagination to God. These are all very, very important things that I'm teaching you and telling you so that you can get clean on the inside so that your temple is holy. It's a place of worship. It's a place of prayer. It's a place of expectation. It's a place of, the, of God's presence. It's a place of peace, joy. And on the walls of your heart are written all the things that God has for you. I've sh I showed our group on Wednesday night or maybe even last week. The journey that you are on out of Egypt, slavery to sin. You come out, you go through the Red Sea, you get baptized in water. You go by a place called Mara to deal with all the bitter things about your life that happened in your time while you were sinning, living without God. But then you come to a mountain. And if you don't, you've got to overcome complaining. You have to overcome griping and whining. You've got to get that out of your life. But how do you do this? You've got to climb this mountain, and you've got to go have encounters with God. That is where you change, and that is where you're transformed. You can't manage your sin. You cannot medicate your sin. You've got to bring it to the cross, and you've got to crucify it. You've got to kill it. And there is power in God's presence. He gives you a word. He releases his anointing. And what it does is it breaks you out of the things that you're bound by. Addiction is a bondage. Whatever you're addicted to, it's a bondage that you're held captive by that you can't get away from. Addiction could even be picking the wrong people, cycles of picking the same people. You're bound to something that you can't get free from. And I want you to know that if you'll cry out to Jesus and you will press in, he'll set you free. Amen? So hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord wants to clean you up. Right? The Lord wants to clean you up on the inside. And you've got to surrender to him. How do you surrender? You start with saying, Jesus, come inside. That's where it starts. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. When you invite Jesus into your heart, what it does is it opens you up to the presence. You don't come in your own righteousness. You come in the righteousness of Jesus. You have access into the presence. And then in God's presence, you find help to overcome the struggles that you have. That's how you change. But religion wants to keep you out of the presence. And they want to give you a bunch of rules and regulations and formulas and things you got to do, things you got to say repetitively that doesn't change you. 
And what you have to realize is this is a relationship with God. And just like you would go to your father and say, Dad, help me, you need to come to God like a child and say, God, I need your help. And if you will genuinely come that way to the Lord, and you will, he knows your heart. I mean, you don't got to hide anything from him. You can hide things from people, but you can't hide things from God. And so you have all this stuff in your heart that you think people can't see. But people who are spiritually mature can look in your face and see what's going on on the inside of you. When you walk into a room with that stuff in you, you actually carry a presence with you. You can tell people walking in the room if they're angry. You don't have to say, you can tell somebody walking into the room if they've got a problem with you. Why? Because what's in the heart is emitted. You can feel it. You can pick it up. So you can't hide. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You can't hide from people. You think you're hiding, but you're not. You've just been bound, and you need to get free. And so you can't hide things from the Lord. He knows the things in your heart. He knows the decisions you've made. And he's just waiting to be gracious to you, saying, come on, surrender to me. Give it to me. Invite me in. And he'll turn it around. It changes in you first, and then it'll change on the outside of you. The thing is, you've got to realize, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That means if you think a certain way, that's your reality. And you will speak in line with that, and you'll act in line with that. But there's a new reality, who you are in God. And if you get awakened to that and all God has for you in the Spirit, your whole life changes because your perspective changes. And I hate religion. I mock you. I hate religion. Religion is just a bunch of formulas. Now, I don't mind traditions if they bring life. But if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you don't have anything. And that's what Jesus died for. And so we want to break you out of the patterns of destruction and the cycles you want to be free from. Amen? So we're going to receive an offering in a minute and give you some announcements about financial peace and some things to come. But I want to pray with you first. I want everybody to stand with me. I don't know when I said this. I said this a couple of weeks ago, maybe in leadership on Wednesday nights. But I was reading a book by Dr. Miles Monroe, and there was a foreword in the book, and there was a statement that was written in there that said, behind every brain, there is a mind. Behind every mind, there is a structure. Behind every structure, there's someone that shapes that structure. And behind every shaper, there is a motive. And so you've got to know the motives of the people that are giving you the structure in your mind, the patterns that you think. Because if people's motives are wrong, they'll lead you to themselves. They won't lead you to God. And so my motive, I'll be real straight with you. My only motive is that you have an encounter with God and that you know him. I don't need your money. I don't need your approval. You show up, and I feel like, oh, they showed up for me. I don't need any of that. What I need is for you to know God. Because it's not what you know that gets you into heaven. It's who you know. 
And I know what it was to be outside of God in religion. And I know what it is to be inside of Christ in relationship with the Lord. And I can look at the first 23, 24 years of my life. It was utter destruction. The last 23, 24 years of my life have been nothing but blessing. Because I found the real thing. And I'm tired of people struggling. I'm tired of seeker-sensitive church. I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of all of that crap. I've had enough of it. I'm, I'm getting older, and I'm getting angry at that stuff because it's hurting people. It's not helping people. And they suck your money, and they use you, and when they're done with you, they spit you out at the back end, and you're in worse shape than you were when you went into that place. I know what I'm talking about because I went through it. And so my only agenda is to help you. And so I don't speak in parables. I speak practically to help you step into the things because I had to figure out how to do it. And it was only by the grace of God that I discovered this thing. And the Lord put somebody in my life that really helped me. And for the first three, four months, I sat there listening to this lady talk to me about these things. And I looked at her like she was strange, like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm a pastor. I'm already blah, blah, blah. Full of pride is what I was. I didn't know the Lord. And so we want to get you clean so that you and the Lord can walk together. It's what you need, amen. It's what each and every person needs. And if you don't know this, how are you going to teach it to your children? You'll just tell them, don't do this, don't do that. You have to lead by example. So I want you to close your eyes right now. Have you let Jesus in? Do you have a form of godliness? Or is God genuine to you? Is he real to you? Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with the Lord? When you talk to him, does he respond? When you pray, does he answer prayers? If you need wisdom, does he show you the things you need to know? Are you sin conscious where you feel like you're a sinner and God doesn't love you? Or are you righteousness conscious where you know you're loved and accepted by God and you're part of God's family? And I want to ask you the real, the real deal question. Go down to the roots of your heart. Where is your relationship with the Lord? And if you don't know God then you need to make a decision that today's the day that I'm going to discover who God is and I'm going to let him into my life and I'm done playing games and I'm ready to see the power of God work in me and in my family and in my circumstances to bring me into victory because that's what God has for you. A victorious life in Christ Jesus. Will it be instant? No, but he will lead you right out of it. He will bring you through. So if you're in this place today and you say, you know what, i got to get things right. I haven't really let him in. I've drifted away and i got to commit afresh. I'm ready for a brand new start in God. I'm ready to move forward. I just want you to raise your hand and say, yep, I need that prayer today. We're going to get this thing right, okay? We're going we're gonna to have a fresh start today. And we're going to move forward. God loves you. Right? He's bigger than our mistakes. Just close your eyes. Open your hands.
and say this, say, Lord, I stand before you today. And I am making a commitment. I've made a decision in my heart that I need you in my life. And I'm struggling with things that I don't know how to overcome. And I stand before these people in this place today. And I'm asking you, God, to come into my life. Lead me. Guide me. Teach me. I surrender, Lord. I surrender, God. I realize today that I cannot do life without you. And I ask you to forgive me for the things I've said, for the things that I've done, for the promises that I made that I have not fulfilled. Say this, say, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son, that he died and you raised him from the dead. I believe that, God. And Jesus, I put my trust in you today. And right where you are, just do business with the Lord. The Lord is, the Lord is ready to move in your situation. What is it that you need God to help you with? Where are you struggling? Right where you're standing, just whisper it to the Lord. And tell him what you need. Because I want you to know it's not some pious prayer that gets you answered. It's just a humble heart and you being real with the Lord. And if you'll make your request known unto God, He's going to hear you. Because He loves you. So right where you are, I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what is trying to keep you out of His presence. I don't know what's keeping you away from Him. But just tell the Lord, I need this. I need to overcome this thing. And make a decision today that you're going to run to God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And if you need to forgive some people for what they did to you, then just say, Lord, I forgive so and so. And just really release them today. Because if you're going to hold those people in judgment in your heart, you actually stay captive to what they did to you. And it torments you because it plays around in your mind all the time. And you don't need that playing around in you. It doesn't matter what you've lost, what's been taken from you, what's been stolen, promises that have been broken, things that have been lost, things that have failed. From today forward, God wants to build something brand new in your life. And it is, it is so much greater what God has for you than what you, you're struggling with because you've lost it. Just let that stuff go. Thank you, Jesus.